I mean, can you overturn a title fight if it's a shitty decision? Can you go in and your board of directors or whatever the hell go in and overturn a title fight? If there's nothing that says you can't, then you can. Yeah, then you can. Yep. Let's bring it to the board. Make that decision. Overturn it. Do whatever it takes. You call me Mystic Mike because I predict these things. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. That little preview clip that you just saw was from last week, and I am Mystic Motherfucking Matt because I predicted that shit last week on this podcast. How crazy is that? Jake and I were literally having a conversation last week about what happens if one has a really close title fight, and then all of a sudden the board comes in, and will they overturn it? And sure enough, we get a banger between Christian Lee and Akrayun. Friday, Jake and I happened to be in the house. Well, kind of. We were... We not, were, not for that fight, but yeah, for the rest of them we were. Yeah, so we left a little early because it was getting a little lame, I'll be honest with you. We'll, we'll break that down in just a second here. But what do you think about that, Jake? Um, I think it's hilarious that we were literally talking about it last week and what happens in this fantasy scenario that we never really expected to play out. And then literally the fight we went to watch and actually we're at the next week, the scenario we're talking about played out. That's why if you want to watch the number one Fight MMA podcast in Southeast Asia. You watch the Stronghold podcast because we predict these things. Okay, we know what's up. And and we will talk about it in a bit. That wasn't you. Also, correctly predicted something else that night as well. What was that? The Nguyen fight. The Martin Nguyen fight. Oh yeah, yeah. I also predicted that. Much to Major's chagrin, <laughs> he and I. So uh, if you if you don't know, Martin Nguyen got knocked out again because he was spamming his right hand like crazy. He was just trying to knock his block off with that overhand. And I also mentioned that in the podcast that I felt like he was going to chase that overhand, which he's been doing, and it's cost him in his last two fights. So, Mystic Luke up in the house. Two, two for two. Two for two, baby. And as I said last week on the podcast, if I'm wrong, you're just never going to hear about it. So I'm undefeated. I'll delete that shit. <laughs> yeah, we could have clipped up about a thousand things of you being entirely incorrect about fights. But, but that <laughs> wouldn't serve my nefarious purposes, so we've chosen not to do that. Um, anyway, so you want to start off with that? Yeah, let's go with the one. Talk about the whole... Talk about the whole experience we had on Friday. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the Christian Lee Ock thing first. We'll get that out of the way, and then yep. we'll talk about what it was like to go to one during the middle of a pandemic, which, spoiler alert, less than ideal. That's putting it mildly. Okay, less than ideal. So uh, the fight was really, really close. Um, pretty much all of us watching it thought that Christian had managed to get the decision. And in fact, uh, we, I, once they announced that it was unanimous, I thought for sure that Christian was, was going to win. And I made an argument that if the uh, scoring was done through the unified rules, like in the UFC, that Auk would have stood a better chance of winning it because you could argue that he got three rounds. Yeah. But if you're using the global rule set that, uh, that one championship uses, I, I definitely think Christian should have won the fight. And I got a little juicy juice too, a little, little side juice that you may not have even heard about. Ooh, do tell. So I may or may not have spoken to a judge who, oh. who shall remain nameless. And uh, this judge informed me of some things. I don't know what I can say. I don't want to get in my Don't trouble. give him away. Don't I, give away. No, it's not giving him no. away. I just don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, neither. Okay, so I'll, I'll make my argument. First of all, Christian did have some near finishes. He had his back taken at one point, had the forearm under the chin. Ock managed to just shake him off to the side. And then uh, Christian dropped him at one point in the round as well. 
I can't remember what round it was that Christian knocked him down. It might have been the second. Yeah. I think Christian got the first two rounds for sure. And then Ock came on strong in the mid parts of the fight. And then Christian buckled him again there in the fifth. Okay. The fifth was close. I think you could probably give the round to Ock, but Christian definitely had the most significant moment. But he faded in those mid rounds. He was tired. He was he was visibly tired in those uh those mid rounds right when Ock was coming on. So, I mean, if I had to pick, I would have given the fight under the rules that they were judged under, which is the unified rules. Some people online still saying like, oh, this round, this round, this round. Okay, that's fine. But that's not it's not, round. That's not how uh, they judge the fights, right? They judge them in their entirety. So, and they prioritize near finishes. And, you know, you heard Angela say this and you heard Christian say this. And, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong with, with what he's saying. But he is wrong to try and even suggest that the fight get overturned by the board. I'll tell you what is not a good look, Christian Lee. It's being like, all the respect to you, all the respect to you, but I won that fight, and business daddy, if you don't mind overturning it, that would be great. <laughs> now, to be fair to Christian, my uh, intro that I edited was a little cheeky because he said at one point earlier in that same little, uh, little promo there that take it to the board, I want an immediate rematch, I want an immediate rematch. But that's not as juicy as the second where he asked for it to be overturned. See, he went, rematch, I want a rematch. And then something popped in. He said, he went, no, I don't. I just want my title back. Yeah, and then he's like, rematch. But he, he let it slip. He let it slip. And the, that's the real tell, right? The real tell is him saying, board of directors, overturn it. That is where... He, imagine this, okay? Imagine this scenario. Let me ask you how you think this, this would go, okay? Let's say that we're dealing... We mentioned last week the GSP, Hendricks fight, Gustafson, Jones... Gustafson, uh, Jones, Reyes, Holloway, uh, Volkanovski 2, yep. any of these fights that were close. Could you imagine John Jones going on the microphone and asking Dana White to overturn the fight? Could you imagine any scenario right. the, where that could happen? The only person who apparently has ever done that is Luke Rockhold when Mike Bisbee knocked him out. <laughs> and he was so adamant that he couldn't lose to Mike Bisbee. He was like, Dana, it was a mistake. You've got to do something. Yeah, Dana, it was a mistake. <laughs> Get, like, I want it again. Not, yeah. can you please overturn it for me? I mean, the fact that he feels confident to say that shows you that there's a definite bias there. Could anyone else other than an Evolve-sponsored fighter go in and ask the board to overturn a fight? Well, Would so, anyone else have the audacity? Yeah, say the tables were turned and it happened to Ock. Ock would not have been on the microphone saying, commission, commission, overturn this, I'm the champion, surely. No, of course not. Nor would anybody from any other gym. Yeah. And it, it's fair enough to ask for an immediate rematch, right? I'm not going to throw you in a shade. Christian, I thought you won, dude. Like, I'm not shitting on you. I'm not shitting on the decision. I'm not shitting on your performance. That is nothing to do with what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about are the fucking politics to where you can go in and put even, even dare to ask your boss to just overturn the fight. That is not a good look, dude. No, definitely not. So that was, I mean, I, that, that was definitely the most drama, I would say, of the night was just that, that bit, right? Yeah, if you take the drama out of it as well, it's a shame for the drama because it was a fucking brilliant fight. Yeah, like, you know, two rounds Christian, two rounds Ock, and then a pretty even fifth round. So back and forth all the way. Yeah, back. good fight. Good yep. fight. Ock, first of all, Ock has amazing wrestling. That motherfucker. Like, Christian takes down everybody, right? And his those Koreans, man, they got some damn good takedown defense. Major kept calling the Korean knee, double knees the whole night. And those that Ock was throwing that double knee. Major, like, had it on cue. Right? You heard it. Major before the fight was literally, oh, you remember when all Koreans used to do was throw a flying knee? 
I was like, yeah. And then that's all that Ock did. For and then he proceeded to throw like 10 flying knees. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, man, I, I thought the fight was great. I thought it's just crazy that he, Christian could possibly have the audacity to go in there, even though it was a close fight. Now, what I will say is there hasn't been any rumblings that I've heard of, of the mysterious... I'm, how do you imagine the board? I kind of imagine them as like these, like the Grim Reaper types, dude. Like they're in some back room with the dark, like Illuminati I type characters. No, I, Bohemian I'm, Grove type shit. Like I'm mostly like Chattery surrounded by a load of his childhood teddy bears going. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Teddy? Should we give Christian his belt back? Oh, man. Oh, goodness. That is hilarious, man. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. So... I mean, honestly, I, I don't know what to say about the fight. Like, it was it was super competitive. Ox, the champion, I haven't actually heard them suggest uh, any overturning it. There's no question. But did you not? Chachi said that Christian won the fight, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fine if that's his opinion, yeah. right? I don't have a, an issue with people thinking Christian won. I'm one of them. But I do have an issue with people thinking that they should just overturn the fight, let alone Christian Lee himself. And I love how he tried to be a little humble there in the beginning and then immediately said that, like, you know, uh, all the respect to you, all the respect to you, but I won the fight. Well, no, you didn't. You lost the fight. You may think you won the fight, but you definitely didn't win the fight. You're like, the official decision is the what the official decision is, but you definitely did not win that fight. Did you read Christian's Instagram post? Uh, I did, but can you pull it up, yeah, actually? Yeah, got let's, it. Let's, uh, let's see what we got here from, from the man himself. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, look at that shit. Look at that choke. I mean, he, he, but you see, look at Ock peeling that hook off with his right hand. He, Christian just lost the angle a little bit. I mean, that was damn close. Definitely the nearest finish of, of the fight. Yeah. Can you uh, read that? So, one? Christian Lee, last night I fought a five round war with a very tough opponent in Ock Ray Yoon. He has earned my respect and has shown how resilient he is by surviving all five rounds. However, I absolutely believe that I won this fight. Myself, Chattery, many MMA media and fans around the world know that this fight was not judged correctly or fairly. If you look at the one championship scoring criteria or any MMA scoring criteria, I beat my opponent in every category. The most important scoring category in one is near finish. Throughout the fight, I dropped him twice and had two submission attempts while my opponent had none. The second most important is damage. If you look at both our faces, you can clearly see who did more damage and landed the most significant blows. The third most important category is striking and ground control. I outstruck my opponent, controlled him on the cage, as well as on the ground. The last category is takedowns, and I took him down twice while my opponent landed none. Please tell me what fight the judges were watching and how they scored this fight. I'll ask anyone to put the one scoring criteria down in front of them, watch this fight, and tell me how I lost this fight. I believe that one championship will stand behind their morals, do what is right, and overturn this decision from a loss to a win. I am still champion. From a I did not lose this fight. Overturn it from a loss to a win. Dude, that is not how this shit works. That is not how... How the fuck... Go back... Was Do the right thing, the ethical thing, and overrule the judges? On whose authority? On but, whose fucking but, authority? Or do you think that that's the moral thing to do? Not listen, not, kid. You got your fucking blinders on, bro. Like, but I'm not saying that's I agree not how with this, this shit. Works. Not, but they, that is how this shit works because it sketches fucking one. And we literally had a conversation about this last week. Is this allowed? If it is, then Christian's playing by the rules. Here's the thing. If if Chachri, this is why I don't think that they will return it, and why I don't even think you'll hear a whisper about this board of directors shit. 
Because if they were to overturn this, that opens up a can of worms and issues of favoritism that you as a company do not want to deal with. You don't want any of that. And I mean, to think the, the, the fact that he thinks that the boss can overrule the judges and that it's the right thing to do in a close fight that I also think you won, dude. But the fact that you think that that's the right thing to do shows that you are, you are very subjective in your point of view that you think that your opinion is right and that all the judges who are cage side should overrule you. I mean, that is just mind-blowingly lacking of awareness. It's not a good look, man. It's, it's fine if you think you won. I did too. But in no scenario should, you have, should this ever be overturned. If you want to get an instant rematch, I'm down for that. Yep. That's fair. That is fair. It's reasonable. But to get your loss overturned to a win is some bull shit, dude. That is some bull shit. And I think Christian won the same as you, but he did look bad in round three and round four. He, like, he didn't, you know, he's not, he did lose two rounds in that fight if you were scoring by rounds, definitely. It's not like he stormed all five rounds either. And if you, if you ask me about Christian's uh, in defensive, the way he laid out the reasons why I think he should have won, I think he's right in a lot of aspects. Here's why I don't think he's right. I don't think he's right that he outstruck him. Yeah. I think he definitely landed the more significant shots. But I don't, let's see this. Can you pull up the, is there a fight metric or is there a... Maybe you can give a quick Google and see if they've released the significant strikes and uh, so we can look back and see what the actual strike output was. Because definitely Christian Lee started the fight strong. Auk won the middle rounds for sure. And I think Auk won the fifth round too, but Christian landed the most significant strike, which I think he, he buckled him there a little bit. I'm not even sure if he dropped him. He, excuse me. I think he just buckled him, right? Like I, his knees gave out a little bit. You got it there? He didn't drop him. He, no, no, he kind of just looking. buckled him, right? Yeah. So Jake's uh, checking to see if we can actually get a a look here at what this, the strikes were for this fight. But listen, in those, the third and the fourth round, Christian was visibly tired. Auk was picking him apart. Like he didn't land anything that, that nearly closed the show or anything like that. But Christian was visibly fatigued. He was losing the striking for sure. And there were no takedowns in those rounds. And having said all of that, I agree with him in his assessment, other than in the fact that he thinks that anybody should have the authority to go over there and overturn it without it being so lopsided that there's just no way, which this was not. This was a close fight. And in a close fight, sometimes decisions don't go your way. Sometimes they're not fair. Sometimes the life sucks. But guess what, man? It was unanimous. All three judges, all three scored it against you. And actually, that was my biggest confusion as soon as they announced unanimous oh i thought for sure christian's going to get the oh, quote-unquote hometown decision I, I wish we'd have filmed me and major when they made the shout out because our faces were all a picture we we're all like huh what huh yeah we even shared we even took a picture <laughs> and shared it there on, on my social media about that um yeah so did you manage to find significant strikes no it, i can't yeah, find the numbers i don't know if they have it but yeah i mean i don't know man one needs to this is the problem when you have established that this board of directors quote unquote can overthrow overturn these fights is that now you have people asking for it to happen. Yep. Asking. I mean, that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And the fact that he is a member of the fight team for evolve, which Chatri also owns shows the level of favoritism here that is unparalleled in any other 
sports organization in the world. In the fucking world. Could you imagine if like, uh, I don't know, whoever runs FIFA was also the owner of like Manchester United? I mean, FIFA is a bad example because they're corrupt as anything. Oh, they're but cor- yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was so, if like the biggest team in the world was also owned by the league. Yeah. By the league that's promoting the team, right? Yep. I, I mean, it's just shady. It's just shady. It's not a good look. And I think they know it's a, not a good look, which is why I think they're not yeah, touching Yeah, he's going to go quiet and then they're going to be like, he's got a rematch. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't disagree with. But the fact that he's mentioning even overturning it just blows my goddamn mind. Like That, that is crazy. I mean, you got anything else on that? Uh, no, just, yeah, what Christian said. It's a weird statement. I've not heard anything out of Ox Camp, and I just assume they're going to give him an immediate rematch. So I'm. Yeah. Well, the other one that was a little weird, uh, and it's not, it's not her fault, was uh, Victoria Lee. The finish there was a little weird, right? Three, three punches, TKO. Like, that's uh, not TKO. Uh, there were some elbows, there were some punches, but I mean, it, it seemed like the uh, Victoria Souza was still defending herself. Yeah. I mean, she was stuck in the half guard, the couple punches, and they just kind of stopped it. I thought it was a weird move. She had no, no damage on her face. She was still defending herself clearly. Yeah. She was moving. She, she was losing the fight, but there was no reason to stop it. Like, yeah, I mean, that's another weird one. And again, nothing, she was dominating the fight, right? Like, yeah. But it's, it was just a weird one. It's like, why, why would you stop that so early? It literally doesn't make sense. There's no grounds, in my opinion, to, to stop that when they did, even though for sure Victoria was winning. Yeah. Right? So we, we all watched that. We're like, what? They, they stopped it there? So that one was quite weird. And also, shout out to Major again, because he was right. We were talking about how Victoria Souza was 5-0 and going into this fight, and she was 5-0, and but Major yeah. told us that... And then Major started laughing at us and was like, yeah, but she's 5-0 and against like nobody's. Everyone she's fought has never had a fight before. Yeah. Literally all five of her opponents were 0-0. And, and we were like, oh, look, she's 5-0 and with five finishes. Major's like, use tapology. And we were, and then we said it on the podcast, but I guess for whatever reason, for that one fight, we didn't use topology, or we didn't pay attention, or if we did, we didn't notice it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it turned out that every single one of her opponents was zero and zero when she fought them. So. Also, was she technically? I don't know the correct term. For it, was she technically a dwarf? Because she was way shorter than Victoria Lee, and Victoria Lee's not exactly tall. Yeah, she was shorter and wider, and obviously not as experienced as her five and zero record would would lend. Yep. But, you know, shout out yeah. to Victoria Lee because she, she looked pretty good, man. She looked good. She, she looked good. And shout out to one for picking her a perfect opponent that looks like they were 5-0. and oh. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm not saying that they should do anything else. Right? No. They should. Oh, no, no. She's 16. Like. She, yeah. I mean, she, she deserves to be built up properly. Right? I mean, that's what you do with real, real high prospects. You got to pick and choose, especially when they choose to go pro so young. Yeah. She's not coming in fully developed, right? They're developing her throughout the process. And... uh I mean, just take Christian Lee, for example. Imagine if they had held off his debut until he was 21. Yeah. Instead of making him debut when he was 17. And then him getting all of his losses to Martin when he was like 19 and Martin was like 26 or 27 and like number one contender top, like double champ almost, right? Yeah. If they had held him off for a little while, he might be undefeated right now. And, you know, it's pick your poison. Would you rather him get the experience early, potentially lose, or would you rather him stay go Khabib style and maybe be undefeated by the time he's a champion? You know, same thing with uh, Angela Lee, right? When she lost to, to Panda a little too early. A little yep. too, if they waited a couple more years and let her skills fully develop, then made her go pro, she, she might very well be undefeated. And, you know, it's up to the coaches and the team to decide what they value more, like that potential experience and then fighting someone tough a little too early or that undefeated record. 
Right. And uh, with all the leads, they just seem to be like, let's throw them in there. Yeah, throw them in. Get him, get him some winnable fights early on and then put them into some really hard fights when they've had five, six fights, right? I mean, that's pretty much what happened with Angela and Christian is they, you know, they give them the winnable fights early on. And then once they're five or six fight in, they're fighting a number one contender fights against Panda, who's a beast, or against Martin, who's a beast. And then, uh, you know, they lost those fights, but then they came back, at least Angela did, and then beat Panda and that weird fight. Remember that? Yeah. The old illegal the suplex. Old suplex City. You want to go watch my video where I break down the quote, unquote legal suplex definitely not legal you can just see the fucking you can see the the clip the in the picture the still that i showed of her getting suplexed on the back of her head the same thing ironically christian lee did get disqualified for <laughs> earlier on in his fight so we got one one championship i love you you're amazing i fucking love you you got to work out your shit yeah some consistency and rules would be amazing you got to work your shit out Cause this is whoa, Jake. You look like the blob. Dude. That is weird. Let me fix that. I'm all right. I'm not on screen. We can keep going. Okay. So let's uh, let's let's move on to the rest of that one card. So I mean, the other fights, honestly, they they didn't blow my hair back. Um, I think we covered pretty much the main ones. And if you want, I can go into a little bit of why Jake and I and Major and the wives all left early. And that's because it was fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was boring. And it wasn't boring because the fights were boring. It no, was, the fights were great, but it was the atmosphere that was The atmosphere terrible. was awful. Awful. There were these Spetsnaz-ass motherfuckers in yellow shirts who like, okay, so I'm sitting here. Jake is next to me. Or Major's next to me. Jake's next to him. And then the wives are sitting together right next to us. There's, we, we booked five tickets. That's the limit. So we're all watching the fights together. And there's no one around us. Like, there is nobody within rows of us, right? Can't reach anyone. It's like, I look over, talk to Major. My mask goes down on my nose, hangs out. And some dude's tapping on my shoulder. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pull your mask. Oh, oh, sorry. Just like I was talking and it fell down. It's not like down to my chin. It's just like, I'm talking, I'm talking. And bloop, my nose pops out. Tap, tap, tap. Hey, pull up your mask. Okay, cool. No problem. Five minutes later, I look over. Oh, you know, my mask just slides out. Tap, tap, tap. Okay, cool, dude. There's no one around us. The worst part, you may think that's the worst part. That's just typical. Whatever. I get what they're doing. The worst part is that I go up to use the bathroom, which is one level higher. And when you're walking into the indoor stadium, they got these two uh, like big doors that you could enter into, and then you see the venue. Like you see the arena, and there's all the chairs. One of them is marked the entrance. One of them is marked the exit. All I do is walk from, I walk in the exit, and there's literally. Nobody. There's not a single person around me. Okay. No one within sight. No one within touch. And some guy tapping my shoulder. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, this is the entrance. They're right next to each other. There's a tiny little metal bracket. It's about two inches long in between the entrance and the exit. And this guy's like, excuse me, excuse me. He makes me walk backwards, go back and walk through the entrance. Okay. It's one doorway right next to the other with a couple inch little metal bracket in between. And he taps on me. And he tells me to go back and walk through the entrance. Nobody is around me at all. There's nobody there. It's literally one step to my right. And I'm just like, okay, listen, I'm all for these rules and I'm all for doing social distancing and all that kind of stuff. But you guys are splitting so much hair that there is nothing to gain from this. You're literally just pissing people off. I felt, I felt so sorry from no, all those stewards and stuff like that, because you know, if, if you're working there as a steward, you're not doing it for the love of stewarding. And, and you missed it when you might have snuck out the arena to get us some booze. <laughs> but, <laughs> allegedly. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, that may or may not have happened. Oh, I may or may not have put it 
Never mind. You don't want to. These are questions you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know the answer to. But these five pricks showed up, like all uh, what type of expats, and they were just fucking rude as anything to the stewards. From the second they sat down, they were like shouting at the stewards, like, "Why are you spying on us? We've just come out to have fun. Leave us alone!" And all this stuff, like refusing to put the masks on. And like, I'm not saying this, it, um, the steward situation was annoying, but we were never once rude to them. Oh, I was never like, rude to anybody. No, no, we were 100% polite. But these people were fucking awful to them, like absolute pricks. And a few other people were. And it's like, oh, these poor stewards, like, they've just been given a job. They've been told what to do. It's not their fault. These rules are stupid, but this is Singapore, so those rules are going to be enforced. Oh, yeah. And listen, I'm not saying... And I was never rude to anybody. No, no, when no, everybody, you, no like they, I just we did whatever they did. Yeah. But I feel like you've got to use a little bit of common sense. Okay? My mask isn't hanging off my face the whole time. Come over and touch me like every 10 minutes. or If, if my nose is hanging out... For more than like a couple minutes, come and say something to me. If my nose pops out for two seconds and you're tapping me on the shoulder and I'm like, okay, sorry. And then I just pops out and okay, sorry. If I'm pulling it down or I'm like, if I'm deliberately disobeying the rules, fine. But if you give me another 10 seconds, I'll probably just yeah. put my fucking nose away anyway. The, the poor woman, the same woman must have come to me like 50 times and be like, so can you put your mask on? And I'd be like, I'm really sorry. I just keep forgetting. I'm a bit drunk. <laughs> and we're, you know, we had some drinks before we went into the venue. So we, we had had some drinks and they put water, they, you know, they put water next to us. So it's like, we sit there, we take a drink of the water. Maybe we sit over and chat. Excuse me. Excuse me. Listen. See, I assumed the water was there so we could take our masks off. You know, like in a restaurant now yeah. where you walk straight in and they're like, here's your water. All right, I can take my mask off. I assumed that's what that water was for. I mean, I literally never took my mask off once. It was just like my nose would pop yeah. out and I'd pull it down and have a drink and it'd pull oh. back up and I'd just look over and talk and it would be down. And listen, and I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not hating on the people who are doing their job. I get it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that is the reason why we left. Because yeah. the atmosphere was so oppressive. It, wa it wasn't like a middle ground of like reasonable levels of... Okay, like, yes, you keep your mask on, but if it slips off for a sec, I'm not going to badger you every time I see a nostril. Like, I'll let it go to a certain point, and then if you're being a dick or you're being belligerent or it's off completely, or then, yeah, you got to say stuff, right? you got to uphold the rules, but you still have to understand what's rude, what's intentional, what's like a sec. Like, give me a chance to actually put the goddamn thing on yeah. if it slips off, right? Like, if my nose pops out. And so, anyway, by the end of it, like, we couldn't drink. We couldn't eat. The, the 12,000 seat, yeah, 12,000 seater stadium as well, 500 people in it. Maybe all, 500. All, well, that's what they said it was, but yeah, I don't think that was that. That was how many tickets were available. Everyone was so sp far spaced out from one another. There was zero atmosphere inside the stadium. And, you know, like we, we drank before because we knew we wouldn't be able to drink during. So it's like, you know, after three or four hours, like we're hungry, we're thirsty, we wanted to have another drink. The atmosphere is dead. Like it was just, so we were like, we literally like, it's going to be more fun just to watch this go. We went over to Major's place and we just decided to watch it there. Like, and it was way better. It was way better. Also, that one cage is terrible for the audience. Yeah. Like the way it's set out. They've got like cameras all the way around it with cameramen stood peering into the cage. And then the way the bar was at the top of the cage where we were. You meant you couldn't see the fighters' heads, so you couldn't yeah. see what was happening. And we're pretty close too. Like, yeah, we're we're pretty close. So we still couldn't see shit. So we and you know I I can give up that if there's an atmosphere that can get you pumped and you can. But it was just dead. It was just dead. It fell flat on its head and got to the point that at like ten, ten o'clock or eleven thirty or ten or ten or eleven, whatever it was, we just decided to go back 
and leave and watch the main event, it was way better for it. Yep. It was way better for it. So, you know, usually I, I love going to one. Like, I was really, really pumped to do it. And then after about an hour, like, Major's wife was falling asleep. Fucking, we, we were all just sat there. It got quiet. You know, the buzz was starting to wear off. And we were just like, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. Order some more drinks and do this properly. Properly. And we did. And it was fun. And then that was when the Christian Lee nonsense took over. So It got very exciting then. Yeah. It Which, would have been, it'd been crap watching that in the stadium. You'd have been like, what's happening? I can't yeah, yeah. tell. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't regret that decision. So I probably won't be going to another one until they relax some of these uh, these restrictions, which is the opposite direction that we're going. And I'm going to rant hard, hard about that shit in about half an hour. Let's, let's hard. Do, let's get to the other shit before yeah, let's we do, uh, open up B- that can of worms. Let's MMA debut that we watched outside the stadium despite going there to watch it inside the stadium. And it was better. Yes, it was a lot better watching so, it. So me, Jake, and Major and the wives literally sat there outside the stadium by the cheers. Phone screen. Phone screen in hand. 12-pack next to us, sitting next to each other, which is hilarious, right? This is why the whole thing is so annoying because the common sense shit. We can go outside and sit directly out front. I know indoor, outdoor. Okay, I get that, right? But there's just as much space. We're in a massive stadium. There's no one around us. There's just as much space, right? So we go outside or we start out outside. There's more people outside than in the venue up on top of each other. And we get two six-packs and we sit there, five-packs, Drinking, no ma- like mass, not on at all. Lovely. No one said shit. Wasn't yep. an issue. Everybody else was doing it too. And that's when we watched the Buchecha destruction that we all sort of anticipated. And uh, so, yeah, I mean. Again, people's psychic powers were in full force that night because Major literally called the finish to that fight. Not, well, not the joke itself, but it was like, okay, the guy's going to back up, back up, back up, spam an overhand right. Buchecha's going to take him down and that's the end of it. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. And that's because... <laughs> And he and I, I think talked about this on the podcast or shortly before, you know, most likely, uh, here you go. Jake needs a, a refill. Everyone needs a drink right now. Okay. So, Cheers. yeah. So, uh, basically major and I were talking about, you know, you get a guy like Buchecha, obviously still newer to MMA, trying to work his striking, right? Probably trying to work his offensive wrestling. Like he, he's still developing into MMA. And what did we learn about his striking in that fight? Nothing. Nothing. But what we did learn is that, uh, Anderson Braddock Silva, who's a kickboxer. Can't. Can't can't do jujitsu as well as a world champion. That's that's one thing we learned, and yep. we also learned that this is why Major and I go so hard about getting your MMA coaching from an MMA coach, because what happens we can almost guarantee with Anderson Silva, right? Almost certainly what happened is he's Brazilian, so he went and he did jujitsu with a jujitsu guy. He went and he did his wrestling with a wrestling coach, and he went and did his striking with a striking coach. The reason he got took, take, taken down instantly was not because his wrestling wasn't good enough. I mean, it probably wasn't. But he literally got backed up two steps and then put against the fence and taken down. An MMA coach would focus on the footwork and the distance to deal with a grappler like that, not the wrestling. The trick to dealing with that guy is not letting him push, keep him in the middle. If he tries to shoot open to you in the middle of the cage, it's going to be hard for him to take you down. If he take, makes you take two back steps and then he can pin you against the cage, you're fucked. The, issue, the way to deal with Buchecha, if you're fighting him MMA, is to make sure you stay in the middle of the ring. Because it's so ha- much harder to get those takedowns in the middle of the ring, shirts off, sweaty, than it is against the cage. And you need an MMA coach to work actual MMA footwork, knowing that there's a cage behind you to deal with that dude. Not like working your wrestling for a million hours. You're never going to catch up like that. If you control the distance and you don't get pinned up against the cage... 
That is your first line of defense for takedown defense, not going to some wrestling coach, yeah. not going to some jujitsu coach. And, uh, you know, that's what Major and I were talking about. And sure enough, five, ten seconds into the round, Buchecha pushes forward, pins him up against the cage, takes him down, and the fight was over immediately. Right? Guys, if you're listening to this, do not, if you want to be an MMA fighter, don't learn MMA from your jujitsu coach. Don't learn jujitsu or don't learn MMA. Don't, if you want to be a good MMA wrestler, don't just learn how to wrestle. You need to learn how to MMA wrestle. You need to learn MMA jiu-jitsu. You need to learn MMA footwork. You need to learn MMA ring generalship. Just doing a bunch of sprawls and going to a wrestling coach or doing a bunch of get-ups will only get you so far. Because the reality is you need footwork. You need to learn how to circle against the cage. You need to learn how to get up with the cage. And uh, I just don't think he was doing that. He was probably going to each discipline individually. And then you see him just get uh, exploited instantly. Instantly, right? So, you know, that's at least... Me and Major's opinion on that, and we're two somewhat reasonable. You, you might know what he's talking about, yeah. Somewhat knowledgeable. There's certainly better guys in certain areas, but tough to be able to find like pure MMA guys in Singapore like us. Like at least the opinion is worth respecting. Not that we're tooting our own horns or anything like that. But if you want to learn MMA, you got to train MMA. You can't just go wrestle and then think that you got MMA wrestling. It doesn't work like that. Um, all right, dude. Uh, shout out to Joshua Pasha as well. He put yes. a hell of a fight. Oh, like, yeah. Well, not a fight. You just murdered someone. A hell of a display. Good call. Yeah, first round finish with Saruta. That was actually a, a sick finish. Yeah. Because they had a couple close fights before that, like five rounds, long wars. And then once he put hands on him, he just finished him. He's a real, real prospect, man. He's like 24 years old. Kid's legit. Already yeah, beat Alex good. Silva. Already beat um, Saruta twice now. Those are the top two guys in the division. So, yeah, the Team Lakai's uh, Joshua Pasha looked damn good. Good call. Shout out to him. Shout out to Capitan, even though the fight was kind of lame and we he all expected it. He did not it. live up to the one-punch man. <laughs> no. Monkey that he gave himself. No, he didn't. But, you know, still, defended good the title. Yep. Defended the title is what it is. All right. Shall we go to the UFC from today? We had a... F- are, we, are, we talking, are we talking fight of the year already? Oh, yeah. Well, not already. It's now... Nearly October, but you get what I mean. Fight of the year and toughness award of the lifetime goes to Brian Ortega. Who's tougher than that dude? Between the Max Holloway beatdown and then this, yeah. who's got beat down harder than that guy and still fighting? Still, and the thing uh, they mentioned it on the broadcast, you know, people can get beat down, but they're beaten. You can see them beaten, and they'll still fight, but they're not trying to win. Ortega was still trying to win, even though he was getting beaten down. He was still dangerous, even though he was getting destroyed by the end of that fight. I mean, I think he won the fifth round. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. He, I think he won. I can't believe the judges. What is with this shitty judging? First of all, the round, the third round, I think, when Ortega nearly submitted him twice and dropped him with a punch. So he dropped him with a punch, got on top of him, jumped on the mounted guillotine. Okay, got reversed, put him in a triangle where he's dead to rights. I cannot believe he escaped. And then... You know, to be fair, Volkanovski hurt him a little bit after that with a ground and pound for sure. That was the third. So I wanted to, yeah, keep going. But I mean, what do you value higher? Because he dropped him before that and then almost near finished him twice. And then, yeah, Volkanovski put it on him at the end there. But that was in the last 30 seconds of the round, maybe? Yeah, but my thing with that was, so that, I, think, I think I'm right in saying that was the end of the third. Ortega, I think Ortega would have got finished at the start of the fourth. But they took so long with the, the doctor checking his eye. If you, when he got off his stool at the start of the fourth round, 
He was done. Well, he just he just laid there at the end of the third. Yeah. I thought they were going to stop it. Yeah. I was like, is he unconscious or is he just resting? Yep. But I think he was he was just resting because I think he was communicating with the referee. Yeah. So it seemed what I think I saw it and he laid there for 10, 15 yep. seconds and I thought, dude, he might be out. Yeah. And then and then I rewatched it and what I think happened was like the round ended and he's just laying there. He's like, I'm just going to chill here for a second. And the referee's like, you okay, okay? And he gives some kind of verbal command that he's okay. And then he just lays there and he's like. The fucking stool's not here yet, so I'm just going to lay here for a few seconds and just get my shit back together. But he, and he did. Uh, but he got But you're that, right about that. Uh, yeah, he got that, so he got extra time there. Then he got his normal corner Then he got his normal corner time. Then he got at least another, what, minute with the doctor and the ref checking his eye because when he got off his stool, he was... He looked fucked. He, the, he looked like he was not going to be able to last very long in the fight. And then that extra time... And fair, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's tough as anything. But if he'd have won that fight after that, I think that would have been massively unfair on Volkanovski. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I also think that you're right about about the... Because it, it happened twice as well. There was the time... Oh, yeah. That, and the fourth, it was the same thing. At the yeah. End and also, uh, when, when Herb Dean was asking him, how many fingers am I showing up? And I think it was after the third or after the fourth or whatever it was. He got it wrong once or twice. And then they asked him again, and then he got it right. And then the doctor came, and then they rubbed him down. And then he got a little bit of time to clear his head. And all the power to him, he came in. I thought he won the fifth round. Yeah. I mean, I thought if you score it round by round, it was two to three. Even though Volkanovski definitely beat him down. Hey? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, he definitely beat him down. But it was closer than it looked. And Ortega had, man. Oh, next level jujitsu. I mean, I'm putting a lot of praise on the... Uh, to Ortega for toughness, but goddamn Volkanovski's motherfucking cardio. What a machine that guy. Plus, the night is he the nicest champion ever? It's like him and GSP have got to be the two nicest dudes. Like, I'd sit down and like have a beer and barbecue with Volkanovski, and I feel like he I really feel like I could talk to him like I'm talking to you. Like, we're just two dudes sitting here shooting the shit, friendly as ever. Unless I will happily cheer for Volkanovski unless the guy across the other side of the ring from him's name is Holloway. I mean, those two. <laughs> yeah. Those two, right? I hope they become like best friends one day. Like, I just want to see I them. just hope they have a third third rematch. Uh, I feel like they have to now. Who's? But, I mean, are we in the territory of Volkanovski being the greatest featherweight of all time? Are we in the territory? He's won he, 20 he, fights he, in he a row. Holloway. He's beat both of yep. the best featherweights of all time. And he beat the, and you know... Unless you want a Christian Lee this shit and call out Dana to overturn that second one. <laughs> Dana, overturn that. Dana, Dana, the board. Like, overturn that shit. <laughs> Unless you want to do that. I mean, listen, for better or worse, he beat Holloway twice. It could be 1-1. One, one. You can make that argument. He, beat, he for sure beat him the first time. Yeah, he beat him the first time, not two ways. Beat uh, Jose Aldo. Yep. 20 fights in a row. 10 in a row in the UFC. Beat the two. I mean, if you're going to pick the best featherweights of all time, it's either Aldo or it's... Holloway. And it's just the fact that we get to see them all fight one another is brilliant, unlike boxing, which I'm sure we'll get to in a bit, where oh, yeah. we don't get to see anyone fight anyone. There's just there's a lot of juicy stuff today. Oh, I got some more juicy stuff too. Ooh. We can do a little current Ooh. event segment later where we can mention a Dylan Dennis and a, a little John <laughs> Jones action if you're still, if you're wanting some let's juicy not, let's shit. Let's not bring it down. No, nah, it's not down. It's funny. <laughs> Both of them are kind of funny to me in their own ways. Anyway. Well, so we'll we'll finish up on this uh, Volkanovski uh, Ortega stuff. I mean, with Volkanovski, who's next? Can you pull up the UFC featherweight rankings? Obviously, yeah, Holloway's the number one contender. Ortega was number two. But uh, Holloway's got a fight. Oh yeah, he's fighting Yair. Oh, is he? It's Yair Rodriguez, right? 
Nothing. Which is a so, so many tabs to open at once. Which is a banger, a banger of a fight. I'm pretty sure that's the fight. I think they actually rescheduled it and then they're doing it again. I mean, the featherweight division, the lightweight division, the bantamweight division in the UFC. Oh, you're right. I didn't. Yeah, I, I just boy. saw. I just saw out of fight. I didn't see who it was against. And oh, now I'm daddy. even more excited. Oh yeah, that's a good one, man. That is a a good one. But if Holloway wins that one, it's hard to d- deny him the third fight. I think. And if Yair wins that, then it's definitely going to be Yair and Volkanovski. And Volkanovski will ground and pound him into oblivion just like Frankie Edgar did, I think. Yair, it's hard to get a good vibe on him. Uh, Plus, he won that fight that he was absolutely losing that he then won with the miracle finish. Korean Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, the greatest knockout of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, that or the walking Buckley jumping back kick. Those got to be one and two all-time knockouts. But... You got to give it to Yair Rodriguez because it was in the fifth round in the last 10 seconds of a fight he was losing. Right. I'm going to bring this up and, and just look at the sneaky person, though, coming in fourth place who might beat them all. Oh, Giga. <laughs> oh, Jake, See what you I mean? son of a bitch. You just made me erect. I forgot about Giga. Wow. Yeah, man. That motherfucker. Good luck striking with him. Now, the question is his grappling. I mean, if Volkanovski gets a hold of him, I mean, you see the beat down he put on Brian Ortega in the guard. Granted, he had to go through some hellfire, and Ortega was throwing some some submissions up to him that would have killed lesser men. Yeah. How the fuck did he escape that guillotine in that triangle? It was weird. It was a weird fight as well because I thought, has Brian Ortega forgot he's really good at jujitsu? And then he went to the ground, and suddenly it was on. And then you're like, oh shit! And he dropped him too with that punch. Yeah. The mounted. I mean, the mounted guillotine. It was the same one that he submitted. I can't remember who it was with, but he does that move where he gets the the guillotine and then he jumps into the like mounted triangle with it. And then in that fight that he, I can't remember who he fought, but then he rolled back with a triangle. So I thought he was going to do that. But then he got the triangle. Dude, he had the head control. He had the angle. He had the posture. He had everything. I don't know how the hell Volkanovski escaped those submissions. I, the guillotine and the triangle, I thought for sure both times he was dead to rights. I mean, that, that dude is gangster. When, when you're so good at triangle chokes that it's your nickname. Yeah, T-City. Yep. And it was a signature move. I mean, he was close, man. He was, that's definitely as close as Volkanovski's ever been to, to losing in the UFC. So shout out to both guys, man. Like, they're both Gs. They're just both awesome. That featherweight division is a monster. Is a monster. And there's going to be some damn good fights uh, to come up. And uh, let's just briefly hit on the Shevchenko Murphy fight and then the Diaz Lawler fight. I mean, Shevchenko okay. and Murphy, it's, you know, pretty much to be expected. Yep. Murphy fought a good fight, but she's 38 years old, doesn't have nearly the experience. Valentina's Shev- arguably, arguably pound, the best. pound for pound best. Her Nunes at this moment in time. I mean, I, I think if you're making the argument pound for pound, it's Valentina because she's yeah. smaller, way smaller, right? Way, way smaller. And the fact they fought such a close decision and like Amanda's weight, like Amanda probably walks around 20 to 30 pounds heavier than her. And they still had fought to split decision that most recent time. Pound for pound, I give it to Valentina. Obviously, Amanda, they fought, and Amanda won twice. So you got to give her the nod, the like, better of the two nod. But currently, like pound for pound, weight, all things equal, skill for skill, I think Valentina is the best in the world. I mean, what a fucking legend. Oh, she's amazing. Living legend. Did you see what she said? She was asked how long it would take her, her and her sister to beat the poor brothers, and she was like, Zero seconds. And, <laughs> and the best bit is, it's true. I mean, if they, yeah, one in the front, one behind, they just fucking, 
I was going to say gangbang, but that's kind of weird. <laughs> it would be, but on the Paul, Paul Brothers. Listen, I wouldn't turn that shit down. I'd be like, just take me. <laughs> All right. And then... Uh, Let's get to the, another juicy one, which was... This fight card was just a banger all, all around. Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz. I, w- my favorite bit about this fight was how they had it in slow motion. How Nick did anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what the Diaz brothers do. They're not fast twitch. No. Like, everybody was kind of shitting on the pad work and all that kind of... But Nick landed a lot of shots. And his shots looked like that. The, qu- the thing I noticed was were, were two things about Nick. First, the change in the weight class made me nervous he looked a little thick and and he kept saying what did he say in his post-fight interview i've not seen it he kept saying like i had it coming for me i had it coming for me i had it coming for me and that makes me think that he didn't prepare enough and it, it could be twofold one could be which he mentioned also that he hadn't fought in seven years yeah and there could be some rust there and two could be he didn't prepare enough properly and he also mentioned uh, what else did he say he also said that I, he, I had it coming for me and that, oh, he goes, uh, I don't even know why, uh, how this, this fight happened. <laughs> he, he's like, I don't even know how I got here, <laughs> which those two things, like his body, the fact that he changed the weight class, the fact that he said I had it coming and the fact that he says, I don't even know how I got here all suggest to me that he took the fight and didn't prepare himself because one thing the Diaz brothers never do is quit. Yeah. And he quit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, um, he's been half in and half out for so long. And I just don't think he's actually back in. I think he was like, mm, something to do. I mean, it started off looking like a Diaz fight, but always what happens is when they get to that point, they crank it up. They don't go down. And then he got hit with a punch that didn't kill him. He was conscious. For sure it sucked, right? Yeah. But, I mean, a Diaz brother not getting up from that, that's never happened before. And he's 38. He, he didn't have his, like, fuck you, Stockton, pissed off kind of energy, which happens as you get older. It's hard to, man- it's hard to maintain that shit for 30 fucking <laughs> yeah, years. It's like, hard to act like a, like, angry 20-year-old when you're... <laughs> when you're pushing 40. <laughs> yeah, when you're pushing 40. So you wonder how much of that is age, how much of it is wear and tear, how much of it is lack of preparation, how much of it is mental, mental how much of it is... Oh, you know. But if if he wants to fight, I'll still watch him. Still enjoyable, but like, don't put him in against the. Like, I think that was a perfect fight. Him and Robbie Lawler. Let them both fight like that. Like, let him fight Cowboy next or someone of that same sort of era, same sort of ilk, who's still got it but can't fight a young up and coming killer anymore. But if he if he couldn't beat Robbie Lawler, and this is no disrespect to Robbie Lawler, but Robbie Lawler hadn't won a fight since 2017. Yeah. He was on a four-fight losing streak. Was looked not horrible in his fights. He wasn't getting knocked out in his losses or, or anything like that, other than the Woodley one. But and he had the one win against Cowboy. Like that was his last win, I think, five years ago, four years ago, something like that. Like if you if you can't beat a forty-year-old Robbie Lawler who's clearly past his prime, and you're also pushing forty, I mean, who else can they put him in against? You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> I'll pay to watch that. But isn't Cowboy done? I don't know, is he? I mean, I, I don't think they mentioned... Oh, but that that surely tempt him. So it could be the same weight class. It'd be a good fight. Yeah, but not... I mean, do you trust Nick Diaz to make 170? Because if, if you put a lightweight against a middleweight, right? Like if, if they... Let's say that they make that fight. 
they try to make it at 170. Well, Donald Cerrone's a lightweight. He's yeah. a 155-er yeah, yeah. anyway. And then you think, okay, well, Diaz wouldn't do the welterweight for whatever reason. Who knows what reason? I don't know, man. It's, it's hard for me to imagine the UFC investing much more in Nick Diaz after that performance because I think it would be tough. Who else would you give him to? Yeah. Who else that's a welterweight? And again, he didn't even make welterweight. So, I mean, who else could you put him in there against? It's a tough one, which makes me sad. Really sad. I mean, Mosvidal would be fun, but, like, no, you don't want to see that if you can't beat Lawler, right? Like, So, it, it was one of those bittersweet things. And everybody was just wondering, like, what Nick Diaz would show up. And that was not the Nick Diaz that people wanted to see show up, I think. Yeah, but... Even Nate think- looked like shit in his last fight. But he rallied in the fifth. His cardio was there. And he showed up on weight. And he was fighting like the number one contender. Yeah. You know, Robbie's not no near the number one contender. So I don't know. Though. Maybe they'll chalk it up and well, he's not fought for six years. Bit of ring rust. I, they'll, they'll, if he wants one, they'll definitely give him one more fight. Well, he did say in his interview that if he loses this, he wants to come right back right away. But when Nick Diaz says shit, <laughs> you, can only take it, you can only take it with a grain of salt, right? Yep. So... Kudos to Robbie Lawler. That's all. That's all I'll say. Because Robbie Lawler is a fucking legend. I need to get one of those fifth round Robbie Lawler shirts. I love that fucking shirt. I need to get one of those, man. What a legend! His title run was one of the most violent oh, ever. Him McDonald, one oh, of the greatest fights ever. That's the fight. If like people tell me they want to be a fighter, I'm like, watch that fight first. You watch that, <laughs> and then really tell me that you want some of that, because that's what can happen to you. Like, that's the like. It's one of the most amazing fights ever. But if I want to turn somebody off of fighting, it's so brutal. That's the fucking fight I'll show them. Yeah, show them that. That's my greatest MMA fight of all time. Is is a uh, Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald too. Just the bait way. Oh. Where, where I literally just, just got, I got cold chills. Yeah. I literally just fucking got cold chills thinking about them staring down each other in the fourth round, fucking bloody. Robbie Lawler's lips hanging off of his head like. And Roy, oh, Roy McDonald just gets. Oh, he just can't take like. He is so strong and so tough in that fight and so durable. And it, he just can't take it anymore. Yeah. It's amazing. And the body gave out. It wasn't the yeah. mind. He got hit, legs went boop, and then <laughs> done, dude. In a heap of blood. Robbie Lawler screaming his fucking lip, oh. cut in half. They stare, stare down at each other at the end of the fourth. Fucking crazy, dude. I got cold chills again. Anyway, Robbie Lawler, you're a fucking legend, bro. And, uh, yeah, what else? A couple other ones I want to shout out there. What was the... the Blade, Blade Rising struck went the way I yeah. guessed it would. He was going to just lay on top of him and hit him a bit. Yeah, Blade, Blade's still up in the top of that division. You know, He just he, he seems to struggle. He, he can beat anyone who's not as good a wrestler as him. And then as soon as he comes up with anyone who seems to be his level or more about his level, but a better striker than him, he can't beat him. I mean, even uh, Rosenstrike landed that flying knee when he went in for the takedown. Oh. I thought that was going to take him out, right? I got, I got a picture for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at his eye. <sighs> Woo, can That's you zoom a... in? Is it possible to zoom in on that? Oh, we can get right in there. In oh, yeah. Get it. Full I mean, that, 4K detail if you want. That eye is closed. You know what's weird? I mean, Blades just can't. And if, if anything should tell you how much of a master George St. Pierre is, it's like you get a guy like Curtis Blades who is trying to be a GSP, right? He's got functioning strength or functioning striking, good wrestling, but the blending them together and the unpredictability is the real mastery, right? Yep. And you see, even though he's one of the best wrestlers, he always gets caught going in on takedowns. 
He always gets caught. He didn't get knocked out today. But but he has. But Derek Lewis caught him coming in. And Ganu caught him coming in. Knocked him out twice coming up. That if Dude, if it was a couple inches difference on that knee, he caught him with the thigh Yeah, a little bit. If that had been a little lower, that would have KO'd him too. I mean, look at his face. He looks like the elephant man. <laughs> old, old reference. Yeah, that is the, that is a hell of a time when he got there, and he's he's you know he's lucky he didn't blow up that much in the fight. In the fight, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. Otherwise, the doctor might have looked at it. Yeah, he may have like blown his nose or something after the fight, and yeah. then just exploded like that, right? And uh, I want to shout out one more amazing fight on on the card was a uh, Marab Devalishvili and uh, uh, Marlon no, Marais. Marais. You, you oh. mean you mean the fight that the ref didn't tell? Like they went, oh, you can stop this if it gets too much. If he dies, <laughs> he dies. <laughs> and then Devalishvili was like, cool, cool, yeah. I'll fucking die. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll die. No, dude, anyway. he was dead. Like he literally looked like he was dead. He fucking zombied out. Let me ask you this: that that fight, nine out of ten times, that fight was stopped. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I put this on the group chat. I don't know if it was a stronghold one, but I literally said, has anyone ever TKO'd themselves with exhaustion twice other than Marlon Marais? He literally TKO'd himself. He was so tired after. Okay, I know that he's putting a lot of his energy into finishing him because he had him dead to rights, right? But even still, you're a bantamweight. How how are you you dead after five minutes? After five minutes. How are you so tired? Like, look at Brian Ortega. Look at Volkanovski. Like, like Volkanovski is putting a pace on people. Fucking Marlon Marais is one of the best guys in that division talent-wise. And this motherfucker doesn't have more than five minutes of cardio. Yeah, He's sure. got one thing to work on. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's all chip together. Buy him a running machine. Dude, get on the treadmill. <laughs> get on the treadmill. Lose some muscle mass. You're too fast twitch. Like, just lose some muscle mass. If you, you need to run miles a day. If you do that, you're the champ. You're the champ. Yeah. Even against Cejudo, he beat him up for 10 minutes, right? Yeah. And then he started the shift. He was exhausted after five minutes. And even that finishing sequence lasted for one minute, one minute and a half. Okay, so if I unload my entire gas tank in one minute and a half and I can't recover in between rounds, like, as a bantamweight, and people are like, yeah, but he's muscles on top of muscles. And I'm like, yeah, but he's a bantamweight. Yeah, lose some of those muscles, though, and develop some cardio, and you'll still have a shit ton of muscles. Yeah. Even Francis Ngannou was like, <laughs> even he could go for more than five minutes, right? Even against Stipe. Yeah. Right? I mean, but to be fair, Marab, is an, he's like a Volkanovsky type. He puts on a wrestling pace that's ridiculous. That guy might be your next champ. Yeah. He's a he's the dark horse in the division, I'd say. Especially after that performance. That's going to put him near the top five. It come from behind. Blood and guts, dead to rights, victory. If you haven't watched that one, like victory from the hands of defeat, watch that one. Cause, but it's just Marab, but uh, not Marab, um, Marlon. Just get a fucking treadmill, dude. Run. What are you Sk- doing? Skipping rope. Get a skipping rope. Are you lifting weights? Are you lifting weights, dude? What are you doing? Stop. Stop lifting weights. You're explosive enough. <laughs> Your problem is never that you're not hurting people. Your problem is that your cardio lasts for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, and, th- and those fights generally last for 15? <laughs> I mean, he knocked out Aljamain Sterling with a head kick. He knocked out a bunch of people cold, ice cold. It's there. Like, if you just stop lifting weights, that is still going to be there. But you need cardio, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you need one or two things. You need cardio or you need efficiency. You got And probably cardio, let's be honest. Because if you can't go five minutes without burning yourself out trying to beat up someone else (laughs) like he's literally exhausting himself trying to beat someone else up 
Anyway, but great fight. I love watching Marlon fight. He's just one of those guys that has incredible potential and just can't seem to can't seem to piece it together. together. All uh, right, dude. Shout, shout out to um, I didn't see it, but shout out to Dan Hooker and the fellow he fought as well of showing up in the morning of the fight and uh, having a go at one another. And apparently, it was, I'm going to go home and watch it. It's a really good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Dan Hooker dominated it pretty pretty clearly. But if you don't know the story, Nasrath, the guy he fought, his mom died like last week or, or two weeks ago or something like that. And after his mom died, he just had a brutal time getting a visa. And same thing with Dan Hooker. Like he literally arrived two days before the fight or something. Yeah. Somehow made weight, even though he doesn't know what's going on. And the lockdowns are so strict in New Zealand that he literally couldn't even, he had the train in his home. He couldn't go to the gym. All gyms are closed. And apparently he was getting hustled by the police and they were just making it a goddamn nightmare for him to get out and, so, yeah, kudos to those guys for showing up, doing the damn thing in the COVID times. And Dan Hooker needed a win, hey? Yeah. He's another one that just seems like a, a real, really, really nice guy. And uh, man, He, he, he seems out. like he's got a – he could get to a certain level. He can't – and I say – I'm not saying he can't beat the top guys because he's still got time to develop, but he can't yet beat the top guys. Yeah. Yeah, but he is – I mean, look at he, look at that fight with Poirier. That was close, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the number – that's probably your champ. And that fight was razor close. He's right there. Yeah. He's right there. He needs a little bit of momentum, which is damn hard to do when you can't train in your gym. It's hard to build your skills. But a l- just little tweaks here and there, and he's uh, he's right there. He's right there. All right, dude. I feel like before we bounce, which we got to do before too long, is uh, we should hit up that. I want to talk about <laughs> Dylan Dennis, and I want to talk about. Uh, Wait, can we first complain about the boxing? Because it's not a podcast unless we complain about boxing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please. Do you want to take this? You felt you you Brit, you dirty Brit. You want your red coat, motherfucker. You want to take this? <laughs> goddamn boxing. Goddamn Anthony Joshua. Oh, we could have the greatest fight of the modern boxing era in Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. We could put that fight on. We're boxing. Let's put that fight on. Nah, let's not. No, let's take a tune-up fight against a cruiserweight. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, uh, well, uh, what the, the worst thing that could happen there is that he could lose and the greatest fight in modern boxing history could then fall out the fucking window. That's what could happen and that's what has happened. I'm so annoyed. Like, and, and Joshua deserved to lose, no two ways about it. But my God, boxing, sort yourself out. Like, do you want to know why people love the UFC? Because they put on the fights we want to see. You want to know why we love one? They put on the fights we want to see. You know how people don't give a shit about boxing? They do not put on fights I want to see. And they don't put them on when they sh- when the timing is right. Yep. Which is the whole thing with fighting. I mean, okay, now let's say Joshua gets an immediate rematch. He will because Eddie Hearn will do some shady-ass shit, and there's an immediate rematch clause, and then maybe he'll beat Usyk, and then he'll have another mandatory minimum with some other asshole, and then, you know, if he beats him, then maybe they'll have to do another match between him and Usyk, and spoiler alert, in case nobody knows, Alexander Usyk beat Anthony Joshua today. Yep. 220-pound Alexander Usyk, the former cruiserweight champion, went up in weight class, and, and outboxed. outboxed. Yep, outboxed. Outboxed, outboxed uh, AJ. Which all the, all the kudos to him, but if you imagine him stepping in there with seven feet tall, two hundred and seventy pound Tyson Fury, who is a significantly better boxer than Anthony Joshua, who's slick, yep. massive. I mean, he literally outweigh him by fifty pounds. For whatever reason, and this is going to be this is going to be the narrative. This is going to be the talking point. AJ lost like 10, 15 pounds for this fight. Man, he looked way leaner. Still, by the way, had a twenty pound weight advantage. 
I think the theory was that he wanted to be quick and he was afraid he'd be bulky if he came in too heavy. But he still, even he did, that, He does not retain his power at all well when he cuts down. Yeah, he certainly didn't today. No. I mean, AJ won some rounds and, and everything, and it, it looked close going on in the early parts, and then Usyk just was slicker. Yeah. He was slicker. But, you know, I really think that that reinforces the fact that, first of all, boxing sucks. Boxing, you're terrible. We'll keep saying this every on every podcast if we need to. Boxing, fuck you. Boxing, you suck. Boxing, I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. I love boxing. I hate the organization of boxing. The alphabet bodies can go fuck yourself. I'm going to get angry soon. Preach, I'm already preach. <laughs> this is just going to lead into my next angry fucking rant. So how do you feel about the lockdown? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I've been boiling. I've been boiling. Anyway, let's finish up on this Usyk shit and this uh, Joshua shit. Yeah. Fair, fair play to Usyk as well. Hell of a performance. Sure. But they had the opportunity to do Tyson Fury and Joshua at Wembley. They could have sold that shit out. It would have been the greatest fight in British boxing history. Right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going above that. That would be the greatest fight of the modern era. Uh, yes, it's a fight everybody wanted to see. Everybody was even willing to get over the Ruiz loss. Yeah. It's like, okay. We were just pretending that didn't happen. Yeah, because you know what could have happened? The even greater fight, which would have been an undefeated Tyson Fury against an undefeated Anthony Joshua. And that got taken away. And then, okay, Joshua comes back and he beats Ruiz as Ruiz looks like he ate the entire fucking country. Because Ruiz spent his entire fight purse on food. He ate every goddamn chalupa and enchilada and taco and all of fucking Mexico. Came in 30 pounds heavier than he already was. Okay, I'm saying that is the worst title defense ever. Oh, man. And then, okay, so AJ gets that one back. All right, we'll give him Povetkin. And then we'll do the Fury fight. Oh, you know what? Actually, let's do the Usyk fight. Now, fuck you. Now we got to do the AJ rematch. We got Wilder and Fury doing their third fight that was unnecessary. Then Usyk, let's say AJ wins the next one. Then Usyk's going to get another automatic rematch. Let's say fucking Wilder wins. Then we're going to get another Fury. It's just like, and And then they're going to have mandatory minimums. Yeah. And let's never forget, we're also running the risk of uh, Tyson Fury going on a cocaine binge at any moment in time. Yeah, get him while he's there. He's going to fuck it up eventually. Tyson Fury, I love you. I hope you don't. I hope your yeah. mental health please, is please, in order. Please don't. We love please you, don't. but it is an option. He already is looking a little thick. Have you seen him recently? Yeah, he's I'm also a little, acting a little crazy. I'm a little worried. Honestly, I'm a little worried because I think Wilder is on his A game. I think he knows this is his last chance to unify the titles. And if, if Fury comes in thinking it's going to be the same fight as that second one, and he lets his guard down. Listen, if you give De- Deontay Wilder 36 rounds... If you give him, because there's 12 rounds. He's only going to hit you once. If you give that, I mean, to be fair, Fury finished him in the 7th or the 8th or whatever in the last fight. But if you give that guy 30 rounds to land that dynamite on you, there's a good fucking chance he will. In Tyson Fury's defense, though, party boy Fury did beat Klitschko. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But Klitschko's 100 years old at that fight. 100 years old. Oh, moral of the story, fuck you, boxing buddy. You suck so bad. You suck so bad, dude. Oh, and the worst bit is, you could be so good. I know. It's there. It's yeah. there. This could, it's definitely there. This could be the greatest era of heavyweight boxing since the late 80s, early 90s, yep. if boxing didn't suck so hard. But it does. And here we are. Still still kind of crunk for the Wilder Fury <laughs> third fight. <laughs> this is the thing with boxing, right? I hate you. I hate you. I'm still going to watch you. I'm still going to do it, even though I literally hate every second of it, but I also love it. And... Uh, can we talk about Dylan Dennis 
And John Jones, real quick. Yeah, let's start all in now. Real quick. Let's go. Okay, so should we talk about the most John Jones things of all time or talk about the most Dylan Dennis right. thing of all time? <laughs> what do you, which one do you want my, to hit my, my favorite thing is the UFC is like, oh, yo, we need, we need to induct some people in this Hall of Fame. Um, we'll, uh, where, where should, John, John Jones, Gufferson, we'll just induct that fight. Where are we doing the inductions again? Las Vegas. Yeah, I can't see a problem. Maybe he, John, John will be all right. John won't, John won't go wild, will he? John's not known for that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, John's been fine recently. What's, what's <laughs> yeah. the worst thing that can happen? You know what the worst part is? I mean, there's so many worst parts. But it was like domestic abuse. That's what the, the charges were. And then vandalizing a car or something yeah. like that. I mean, it, it didn't get into specifics. But what that suggests to me is that he got like physically violent with some woman. Which... I never mean, a good look. Never, never, a, never good look. a good look, man. And this potentially fucks up the Nganu gone fight. Or the winner of the Nganu gone fight against John Jones. But it is I saw a great tweet. It was like John no, no, Jones no. getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and then going in jail the night after is the most John Jones things that John Jones <laughs> ever done. <laughs> I just saw a great tweet. I've not seen this, I'll throw it on the screen. Oh wait. Oh <laughs> what does that say? Uh, what is it for the Ste- listeners? Step brothers two bunkmates to cellmates in the picture of Dennis and Jones. Yeah, D- Dennis and Jones sitting there next I've to each other. I've not seen that. Oh my god, that is fucking hilarious. So yeah, Dylan Dennis, the trollish troll of all time, gets arrested, gets taken down by the police, taps out, taps out to a choke, and then uh, gets put in jail for the night. Uh, what is it? Three days later, the John Jones. I mean, this is just it's you can't pretty, write this yeah, shit. I actually love it. You can't write this shit. And the best part, can you go to Tom DeBlass's Instagram? Did you see this? Yeah, you sent him. But I'd not read about the Dennis thing at the times. I I don't understand. Yeah, so uh, Tom DeBlass, who's uh, you know one of Gordon Ryan's coaches, and he's he's in that community with the Danaher guys and Gary Tonin. And uh, Tom DeBlass is the person who gave Dar- Gary Tonin his black belt. Speaking of Gary Tonin, fighting for the one title pretty soon. Um, and then uh, so. Dude, Tom the Blast literally got this video because apparently it was like 15 minutes away from where he lives that, that Dylan got arrested. And uh, Tom the Blast offered the guy who choked Dylan unconscious, or not unconscious, but made him tap out, got his back, choked him out, offered him a year of free training at his gym, and the guy fucking accepted it. So literally, like, Tom the Blast is trolling Dylan so hard. And the worst part is, like, Dylan, you totally deserve it. Dude, you haven't fought anybody. Uh, any you haven't fought anybody, bro. Like, you've had one MMA fight. You you also look like you spent all your money you made from jujitsu and, um, you know, MMA and that. It, it looks like you've stuffed all that up your nose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a good look for Dylan, man. And uh, listen, you reap what you sow, man. You know yeah. what I mean? You reap what you sow. And now he's got some other knee injury that I just saw. And... Uh, I'm realizing, I checked his age. He's like 29 now. Oh, yeah. 28, he's, 29. He's not a young kid anymore. He was. Yeah. Like when he first made Bellator and he was coming, you're like, okay, Dylan, like, you could, listen, I'll, I'll do all the trolling while you're winning and if you're fighting. But if you're not fighting and you're not winning and you haven't fought anybody and you haven't fought in years oh, and, and you're you, trolling this hard and you didn't beat anybody in jiu-jitsu, you didn't win any jiu-jitsu world championships. And you constantly call out Gordon Ryan and then duck him Man. at every single opportunity. Did you see Jake Paul? No. Come at Dylan. So Jake Paul released all of the all of the DMs that him and Jake sent, uh, that Dylan and Jake sent back and forth trying to arrange that fight. Jake, honestly, super nice man. Like honestly, like he he literally fucking nailed it. Like I like I'm starting to like him. Is that weird? I'm starting to like him. He was like he literally goes through because Tommy Fury did the same thing. 
So basically, he did a video where he's talking about Tommy Fury. He offered Tommy Fury like a million dollars to take that fight. And Tommy Fury didn't take the fight. And then he released all the DMs with a conversation with Dylan Dennis. And he did the same thing. He's like, Dylan, you've got like a couple days to decide if you want this fight. I'm offering you upwards of a million dollars for this fight if you want to take the fight. Dylan didn't take the fight. Okay? Tommy Fury didn't take the fight against Jake fucking Paul. He offered Dylan Dennis the biggest paycheck of his life for probably the easiest fight that he could get. And I'm not saying that Jake Paul's an easy fight. I'm saying that you're fighting a guy with three fights. Yeah. Dylan Dennis, if he's been training all these years, like that fight makes sense. Like I could get on board with that fight in terms of skill level experience. It makes sense. And he will never get offered that amount of money or get that amount of exposure for a fight against a guy with three, uh, against a fighter with a guy who had three fights. And then Jake was like, listen, these guys talk shit. They yeah, talk they shit. Game. They talk shit. He actually gives them the platform to fucking get national stardom and like millions of dollars. And these guys who talk all this shit don't take it. Listen, Jake Paul, you probably knock me out, bro. I don't know what you're on. I don't, you're right. way bigger me, me, than me. Me and Luke. You send me I'll, a million dollar right, contract. No. I'll sign that bitch right now. I want some of this action as well. I'll go first. You will literally knock me out in probably 10 seconds. I'll split, like I'll split the purse yeah. with you, bro. Right, I'm going first. You'll knock me out in 10 seconds. It's not even a fight. Don't worry about it. Then Luke's going to go in. What are we saying? Million? Yeah. Million yeah. each. Million each. Halvesies, bro. Yeah, halvesies. Just, no, million each. Half, it's good. Whatever. I mean, I'll do halvesies. I don't give a fuck. He's way bigger than me. He, if he landed a hard one on my guard or something, it'd be a problem. I think I'm a more technical boxer. I mean, I've been boxing for 12 fucking years. Yeah. But he's younger than me. He's strong. He's big. Yeah. Whatever. I would take. I would honestly take that fight. How do you get these fighters who won't fight Jake Paul? <laughs> I'm, what I'm, is this? I'm 41 and not in shape because I keep on getting in shape and then there's a lockdown. It's a long, complicated story. I'll, I'll take a million dollars. Listen, You'll murder me. Listen, give me the million. Send it to me in Bitcoin. Uh, you know what I mean? Whatever happens, happens. I'll try my hardest. I'll get in shape. I'll be 160 pounds, but I'll get in there and fucking try. Right? Like, I just can't believe this this stuff uh and john jones i mean again the most john jones thing of all time so i mean there's right. a lot of crazy mma news this week there's a, a lot going on I, th- I think there's even some more shit but we got to get do you, you out of here pretty re- soon oh, i'm all right i've got, I got time okay, we're talking cool. it's fun uh do you remember that time when ban athlete was training for batman and took all those steroids to get in shape for batman and went are crazy? you suggesting i become batman and take the steroids and fight jake paul is that what you're suggesting on my podcast yeah i mean let's <laughs> that wasn't what i was suggesting but now you've come up with the idea let's do that no but um it happened to ben athlete when he was putting on a lot of mass shall we say and to do that he was taking a lot of steroids and went roid rage on someone on one of the talk shows and i'm just saying that john jones has put on an awful lot of mass lately i mean he, the thing with him is he's taken some time to put that weight on but he said he's about 260 right now, right? Yeah. There was an interview with him that said he's 260, trying to get up to 270 because he wants to cut down to like 260 or whatever, 265. I don't know, man. It's pretty tough to put on. Well, I reckon he walked around at probably 230 before when he was uh, the light heavyweight champ. So that's a lot of weight pretty quick. But I don't understand what it's like to have the athletic genes of the Jones family. So I can't really say. But... I mean, you know, it's not like John's taken stuff before, so why would we even... (laughs) (laughs) Why would you think that, Jake? Based on previous histories? It's not like what I'm saying scandalous. (laughs) It's not like picograms are a thing. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, Right, I do have to go. So, 
a couple more things. Do you want to finish on Iran or some amazing news? Or we'll do both things, but which one do you want to do first? Okay, let's do the rant or let's do the let's do the amazing news and then the rant because I'll save my personal nonsense for the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay, so this is a new section called Nerd Corner. Did you see the thing I sent you through from Nintendo? Yes. Oh I my did. god! Please, please, please put Golden Eye on that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Nintendo are doing an N64 emulator, so I am absolutely pumped for it it looks amazing to top it off as well they've got a sega genesis emulator on there but if you do goldeneye we are going to live stream a podcast of us playing goldeneye old school gold i literally have not played goldeneye since 1998 or whatever whenever yeah, it came yeah, yeah. out right that and uh mario kart 64 and the original smash brothers yeah the og one for nintendo 64 yeah i watched that whole nintendo direct thing and i got a little bit of a gamer boner oh i'm Just- so excited for <laughs> All of it, all of it. Metroid Dread's coming out. I can't wait for Metroid Dread. I've convinced my son that Metroid's the greatest game in the world. And then I've convinced him that this N64 emulator is what he really needs in his life. So I've got an excuse to play Although it. he's played newer games, he'll probably look at them and be like, the graphics are so... No, he's five. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's probably still into it. Yep. He's probably still into it. Yeah, there was some other good stuff that they announced too. I'm Yeah, Nintendo. I haven't played a Switch game in a while. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. I've been playing mad Elder Scrolls online. That's my current... <laughs> That's my current jam. I'm just addicted to it all the time. But uh, yeah, we should. We do need to do more gaming content. My yeah. couch is coming soon, and then I'm going to set this TV up so we can do some live streams. This is what I'm talking about, though. And then when they announced GoldenEye N64 re-released on the Switch, we are going to do a live show. And I think Major was game as well. Yeah, yeah he, he mentioned so it too. Be amazing. Maybe some uh, old school Smash Bros. Oh, all of it, all of it. I'm thinking about starting a Twitch channel. And you know why? Because I'm like. I play all these video games for no fucking reason anyway. Why don't I just like put a <laughs> fucking camera it? on me and just see what's up, right? Anyway. All right. Shall we get to the local news? Shall we get to the local? <sighs> Let's and, get to and the can very we tie, depressing local news. And we can tie this into one. So literally Jake and I, Charmaine, Major, the wives, all at one. And I get a text message while we're sitting there drinking that <sighs> the Singapore government announced that now all kids' classes will be canceled. Everything goes back to two people. And, uh, you know, Singapore is basically going back down into an even stricter lockdown than the most recent phase two, whatever the fuck. And they're calling it, what do they call it? What fucking stupid, stupid, shitty name that they give it to try and underplay the significance of this. It's like rebuilding or re fucking something, man. I can't remember what the hell they call the name of this phase, but it literally made me rage. So. If you're listening to this and you're at all curious about my gym and the lifestyle and everything that's going on here, you know, I, I run a family gym, man. Like we have a lot of kids. We have a lot of parents. We have a lot of families. We have a lot of that. And they just announced that no kids under the age of 12 years old and unvaccinated can train anymore, which represents about 60 to 70% of my gym's income because we have a lot of kids classes. Seemed like a good idea to have kids. You know why? Because I like kids. And I love teaching kids martial arts. It's one of the most rewarding things that I do. And it's obviously great for business. It's a, it's a future investment. If I have these kids that train with me for five, 10 years, then they're going to be little beasts by the time that they're teenagers. And if I can keep them training through adulthood, it's a future investment to my business and it's extremely rewarding. And then now in this most recent lockdown, they've announced that that's, that's gone. All kids are going to be at home studying, which affects Jake. Jake, what did you tell me a story? This fucking sad heartbreaking thing that you told me earlier oh, i don't know I, i'm actually my daughter so my daughter goes to your kids class like my daughter loves charmaine 
Like my boy loves Charmaine. Your kids' program is absolutely amazing. They can't go to that. Um, like even more annoyingly, I can't pay for you to come to my house and train my two kids. However, if you want to come around my house and like play wrestling with them, that's fine. Like <laughs> what a ridiculous set of rules. And then on top of that, my daughter can't go to school for two weeks. We told them the news today. She was in floods of tears and it was awkward because I was also watching the Volkanovsky <laughs> fight at the same time. So I was trying to console her and watch that. Yeah, we, we made a dark ass joke, but you know, the dark humor is the only thing that can get. So if you want to know what my Friday night was like, uh, drinking myself into oblivion with you guys, coming home and having a nice manly fucking cry at my desk. It wasn't manly. It was a, it was a sad cry. It was like, it was ugly crying. I was ugly crying because it's, it's brutal, man. This is the third lockdown and, or heavy restrictions that we faced in seven months. I'm going to have to lay off my employees. It was the first time I was able to take a paycheck for myself in two months because finally, after the most recent series of lockdowns, we had rebuilded to the point where I can afford to pay myself because I pay all my other employees, including my wife, including all the people who work for me first, like a motherfucking man. I do what I'm supposed to do. We dealt with all the lockdowns, all the other restrictions. And finally, we rebuilt back to where we were earning the amount of money that we were earning before the most serious of lockdowns. I paid myself on Friday afternoon. Friday evening is when I got the news that all of this shit was going to be gone. I, we had to rush, figure out everything. We got people that are canceling memberships, that are freezing memberships. All my employees are like, what's going on? We're like, what's going on? And so I'm sat here drunk fucking crying like a bitch trying to figure out how the fuck we're going to deal with all this shit right after going and watching the fights with all of you guys. So it's a fucking roller coaster, right? As we're sitting here trying to figure out all this shit. And then today it's like we, we got all the kids training and they all know it's the last day and the parents and everything are just what's going on, what's going on, trying to figure out how to play my, uh, pay my employees and how to change the schedule and who wants to now close their membership or freeze their membership because they're sick of this because this is the third time they've had to go through with it. The restaurant next to us had to close down because they're fucked. Everything's fucked. And then now, I don't even know, man. F&B to all the people that I know, including many people at my gym who do F&B, back down to two people, all the gyms. It's just back. Now we can only train with two people again. Man, it's just, it's just brutal. This one... This one is going to be tough. So to all of you guys out there struggling through this most recent thing with the government saying we're just going to open, we're just going to deal with it and backpedaling and saying we're just going to open it and then backpedaling and say we're just going to open it up and then backpedaling, I'll just likely politely say to the government, I get it. I see what you're doing. Also, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. This is just unacceptable, man. We can't live like this. No. We can't do this, man. All these fucking kids that have spent their entire two years of their development. By the way, a lot of my kids are five, six, seven. These kids have spent a third of their life in masks, can't go to school, can't go to school, can't go out and eat with your family without fucking going in two separate cars and all of the stupid shit that we have to deal with. And now they're talking about potentially vaccinating these kids. These under 12-year-old kids who don't show symptoms, who don't aren't at risk for death, we're going to vaccinate all these kids? Why? I'm not anti-vax, but why the fuck are you injecting anyone? Like, why is this even a conversation? Yeah. We, we've both got a vaccine. We are not anti-vax. Vaccines work. If you're over the age of 12, you know, take your vaccine. Well, maybe not 12, but if you're an adult, take your damn vaccine. It's fine. You'll be fine. You'll be sick for a few days. Don't worry about it. But God damn it, there is no way my kids are having that vaccine. The kids? The fucking kids? No. Are you kidding me? Again, not anti-vax at all, but this is some bull 
shit. This is some fucking bullshit. Okay, and they're like, oh, well, it'll only be a month. Oh, really? Because they've already predicted that the fucking cases are going to double over the next week or two. Okay, and, and every other lockdown, they fucking tell us it's going to be a month and they've extended every one. Okay, so it's not only that. And also, all of the benefits that we were supposed to get from the government for the most recent lockdown, we haven't gotten shit. Nothing. We got nothing. So we're getting less and less government support. They're locking us down further. Even before with the kids uh, or with the most recent series of restrictions, the kids can still come in and train. The first, the most recent one, they could still even come in without masks on. It was two packs that could come in. Okay, then the most recent one, okay, now you can only train with masks. All right, well, there went 10% of my kids right there, but we still had some. Now they're saying you can't even come in. That's 60 to 70% of my uh, revenue gone. What, who's going to pay for that? What are we going to do? How am I supposed to pay my fucking employees? Like, man. Can, but, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from a parent point of view. My kids can't train with you. My kids can't train at home. Like, you can't come to my house and train them. Ron can't come to my house and train them. Like, and the best thing you can be to fight this goddamn coronavirus is fit and healthy. What are we doing? Well, I'm about to do the opposite of that right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we've already cut off the deep end and we're ruining fit and healthy. I'm vibes, about to go but... into stage two of my fucking <laughs> drinking myself into oblivion as soon as this podcast is gone. I'm just trying to and me, delay it so I'm not slurring my yeah. fucking words. <laughs> and me being the good friend that I am showed up with a six pack for you. Thank you for facilitating me, bro. I needed it. I'm not joking. I, I really fucking needed it. Like... <laughs> <sighs> I don't want to rant on this too long. Right. Jake, you got shit to no, do, bro. It's fine. We're going to finish on the positive note. We're going to do some positive things for this. We're going to, when the kids class should be, we're going to film some technique videos. We're going to put those technique videos out there for people. And if I'm, Luke's not said this, but if Luke wants to put a fucking PayPal link in there and people want to take some money some way, come on. You can't complain about the technique videos. That Luke's not said he's doing that. Up to him. But I'm saying he should. No, I'm not, I'm let's not show do, him some love. I'm not doing PayPal's. I'm doing OnlyFans. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't take freebies, okay? I'm going to shake it if I have to. I'm going to give you guys some content. You may not like it. If you don't want to see my butthole, don't subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, when is all that Vaseline showing up again? Uh, hey, hey. This, is, this was a separate conversation that you and I had in private, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listen. We're not the only ones struggling. But this, this shit is starting to get fucking ridiculous. What is the point of this 80% vaccination rate? What is the point of this? Okay, if everybody is vaccinated, if the majority of people are vaccinated and the other minority of the people have had COVID already and their immunity is higher, first of all, vaccinating the kids, it doesn't prevent transmission. This is already proven. Vaccines do not prevent transmission. They prevent hospitalization, right? Okay, so if... 80% of whatever plus people are vaccinated and kids are low risk anyway. Why are we closing it down? We just have to expect how many people, Jake, died of the flu last year in Singapore? Do you know the answer to this question? Well, not a lot. COVID killed them all first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the answer is somewhere between five and 600. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Do you know how many people have died from COVID in Singapore in the so last like two years? 25. It's, something it's like 60, 70 now. Huh? 60, 70 now. So... In one year, the actual flu has killed more people by an order of magnitude than two years. I understand the government's worried about the ICUs because Singaporeans will go to the hospital for a fucking cough, even though they're fine. Was oh god, there's just I don't ugh, I don't know, man. I literally like I'm on board for vaccines. I'm on board for anything that makes common sense. But you're fucking killing us. You're killing the businesses. You're killing all the shit. And we need to work. That is the number one thing. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. If you like this podcast. 
Please. I, if you remember the Singaporean government as well, uh, we're in Malaysia right now, so we didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if uh, if you don't hear from me for a while, follow me on OnlyFans. Unless you don't like looking at some weird shit, <laughs> then. But if you do like looking at some weird shit, subscribe to my OnlyFans. I'm joking. I don't have one yet. But if we fucking continue this lockdown, I might. But if well this have lockdown to. gets doubled, Luke Leisure OnlyFans. That's it. And I'm not letting my wife do it. So it's only my hairy ass that you guys are going to see. So that's the world you live in. I'm just, I'm just a player. <laughs> all right, everybody. Despite all of the horridy and the horridness and the shit of the last few days, uh, I love this podcast. And um, oh, also. Keep, keep an eye out because we've got uh, the Drunken Masters coming soon. Yeah, the, maybe a little collab with Major. So Jake uh, named it Drunken Masters, which we were all immediate fans of because it, it suits <laughs> our it styles. It's 100% accurate. It represents us to AT. So maybe we got some Drunken Master content coming. We're going to have some technique video coming. We're going to keep plugging away at this podcast. I don't give a fuck if only two people watch it because uh, that's what you do. You grind. You Plus, grind. Plus, it gives my mom a chance to see my face now. There you go. That's so, yeah, how sad. I mean, there's so many. How's, how no, long has no, it been no, since you've seen your go, family? Go Just curious. How long has it been since you've seen your family? Uh, that would be two years. And could you afford financially or not get fired by your fucking business if you just decided to go and had to come back and quarantine for two weeks and pay all the money that you had to pay? Uh, no, I cannot afford that. And I also can't even do that because there's no guarantee I'd be let back in the country. So, you know, good times here. Thanks, Singaporean government. It's not, I'm so bitter sweet on this because in some ways it started out good. Government response started out good. But when they closed this down the second most recent time for 150 or 200 cases a day, and then now they're like, all right, sorry, Jake, I, I got to send you out here. I can rant on this for fucking ages. Everybody, thank you all for listening to this. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to my channel. Please like, please share. It's uh, everything to me. And unless you want to see my butthole, you better do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all. I love you. This is the Stronghold Podcast. Thanks for watching and listening. Mm -hmm.